0: Hey everyone, we are doing a playoff mailbag for Wednesday's episode, so email us at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Send us your fantasy playoff questions, or we really want embarrassing best man speech stories from weddings, we'll explain that later. But ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. On today's episode of the Ringer Fantasy Football Show, we discuss the winners and losers of the fantasy playoffs and who you should pick up on waivers this week to stay alive for a championship or just avoid last place. Also, DK explains why Josh Jacobs' cryptic Instagram post was like a terrible wedding speech. Stick around.
1: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.
2: This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure. With features like available H-track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com.
0: Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. I'm Danny Heifetz here with Danny Kelly and Craig Korolbeck. Guys, it is the Fantasy Playoffs. We're here. Yeah. How does it feel, DK?
3: Well, who knows if we're here? DK, are you here still in the playoffs? Some people are gone.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I had a few bye weeks, so I got to kind of just relax and not stress too much about that. But at the same time, those bye weeks can be a little bit frustrating, too, because you're like, man, freaking. Henry, Derek Henry goes off for one of his best games ever, and of course, it's just a bye week. It doesn't even really matter for your it's league. It's a so.
0: brutal part of fantasy football. <laughs> oh, I have, please! Oh, it's, tr- it's totally brutal. I have first I have world problem. Two- yeah. This is a luxury of the top fantasy rung. This is like complaining about your capital gains taxes. Do it, but do it in private. I don't want to hear. You're about right. It. It's
3: it's certainly champagne problems, but like I have yeah. I have a league where I have a buy and my team dropped 150, and and it really does feel like you're expensing all that effort now. And yes. It means you're, you're not going to have it. it the next week. It doesn't, I know it's not actually, I, I think in reality, I was talking to my friend, like, what do you actually want out of your bi-week team playoffs? Do you want them to play really well, kind of average or terribly? Because some people would argue, oh, if they play terribly, they got it out of the way and now right. they're going to be good next week. But I think the actual correct response is you want them to play incredible, right? It only means good things for your players. I don't know. I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle. The key in life is to have zero expectations. Would you rather your team drop 180 or, or 100 on buy? I don't want them to blow their wad, so to speak, to is terrible. <laughs> so to speak.
4: <laughs> Literally. Um, it's tough. No, it's like, I don't know. I don't want them to, like, go totally off because then it's like lightning is not going to strike twice for most of these guys, like
0: Derek. But Henry. But doesn't that
3: just show, if they play well, that just bodes well for the future, right? Playing it means well they're means good you're... players. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I can't get over blow your wad, so to speak. <laughs> It's like it's like Talladega, and he's like, with all due respect, I don't give a velvet Payton of a he's like, whale at like, You can't just say whatever. <laughs> okay. So with you this what said, I mean. let's just—I feel like the the real big story of, for fantasy this week is whatever happened to you personally. So with that said, let's just get into top scores of the week yeah. here. Uh, QB one, Aaron Rodgers. QB two is Tua. Holy Tua. cow! And then Derek Carr was actually the QB three. Which how about that? He's on one. Top running back was Derrick Henry. And then, of course, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor was the RB2. Love it. And Miles Sanders was the RB3, which the Burn wow. Book
4: special. We're going to get to that. Yeah. yeah,
0: the Burn Book. What a week. The Burn Book's the real winner of the week here. Tyree Hill is <laughs> the receiver one. Stephon Diggs was the receiver two. Ty Hilton, receiver three. Really, what an amazing week for the Burn Book. Tight end one was Travis Kelsey. Tight end two was Mike Kosicki. Tight end three is Irv Smith Jr. And then the top defenses were Washington, the L.A. Rams, and the Cardinals. Those are the top scorers. But, DK, who won the week?
4: So, there's a lot of good winners this week, but I wanted to kind of, like, pack everyone into one group. The people who had the balls to stream quarterbacks this week. I feel like we talked about this last week when we were discussing Kyler Murray and just how— I mean, it's probably best to to dance with who brung you in this scenario, and and only a few people were going to be actually streaming quarterbacks. There's no buys, not too many guys are hurt, so that was all not wrong necessarily because I don't think anybody got screwed too much this year with or this this week with quarterbacks. But the group of top t- twelve quarterbacks, aka the QB ones, this week were like a lot of streamers. <laughs> so it was Tua Carr, Drew Locke, Mitch Trubisky, Teddy Bridgewater. Jalen Hurts and Rivers, and then another two guys who are kind of borderline streamers and Taysom Hill and Kirk Cousins were all in the top 12. So basically nine of the top 12 guys were borderline streamer-esque quarterbacks. And I think Hurts was the main headliner I wanted to talk about just because he was awesome. Tua was great too. I'm not sure that he'll have that type of game every every week just because of the way they run their offense. But um, Jalen Hurts to me looks like a guy who really elevated himself from streamer to in my view, a must start based on the way that they use him in that offense. So not only did he show that he's a decent passer, like he didn't have like a great day passing, but against a very good Saints defense, he went 17 of 30 for 167 yards and a touchdown. But he had 18 rushes for 106 yards. That was the... He and Lamar Jackson are now the only two quarterbacks who have rushed for 100 yards in their first start as a pro. So that is pretty crazy to think about. Um, 106 yards on the ground, 18 rushes. Many of them were designed rushes. Like they pulled out all the stops when they were doing their ground game. It was like a lot of read option stuff and all kinds of different read option runs. And so to me, Hertz was the big winner. From both a real football sense, you know, since they beat the Saints, and then also just from fantasy, this guy's like kind of coming out of nowhere to be a startable quarterback in my view.
0: I mean, it's the calmest I've ever seen anyone play in in their opening game as a quarterback, maybe any position. I don't think anyone I've ever seen has just been so in control. And then it got me thinking, was that even one of the five biggest games that Jalen Hurts has played in.
4: I know, right? Because he, he was at <laughs> Alabama national title game, like CC
0: championship comeback. You know?
4: Yeah. And so he's he's seen some shit. He's been there in, in <laughs> multi in, for multiple teams. And I mean, like we mentioned last week, man, his stats at Oklahoma were just insane. The amount of rushing yards that he picked up. I don't think I I think I underrated how good of a runner he is. I always thought he'd be like a solid like red zone runner when he got to the NFL. If like a ever, Dak.
0: Yeah. Well, no, exactly. he's powerful. He's he's physical. Like there was a third and one or some third and short play that he got it, and he got hit in the hole with a linebacker, and then he just was like, Nope, I'm I'm gonna keep moving forward in a way that you don't really see from quarterbacks other than like Josh Allen or Cam Newton. He's not that big, but he's powerful.
4: I thought he was gonna be exactly like like a Dak guy who could use in the red zone, but he reminds me more of Russell Wilson early in his career. Where they're actually Ooh. designing their offense around the read option. I mean, this is a one game, so who knows exactly what's going yeah, to be. Gonna but like in, in, in Russell Wilson's, the early part of Russell Wilson's career, when he broke out in 2012, late 2012 and 2013, he and Marshawn Lynch had this awesome symbiotic relationship where they were just doing read option stuff all the time and totally faking out teams. They built everything off that run game, their their play action passing game, all that stuff. So um, Hurts to me was actually a little bit surprising in how... I guess, like, explosive he was as a runner. He's not Lamar Jackson, clearly, as, like, in style. But he was picking up Good chunks of yards, and so I think that was that was obviously a big time winner. He's he's a must add if he's on the waiver wire for you guys. And then the other person that I think he really unlocked was Miles Sanders, which is yeah, you know, we talked about that on Friday, I believe, how the read option could potentially open up more gaps, make things more difficult for the defense, help unlock Miles Sanders. Obviously, he's going to be taking some of these red zone carries away from Sanders potentially, but I don't know if that if this he's first probably game a net is, positive. Yeah, exactly. If this game is any indication. Sanders could be a lot better down the stretch than he has been over the last month.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, that gets to my winner of the week. My winner for this week is just all the people, the fantasy managers, who stuck with struggling running backs. Because if <laughs> yeah. you look at, it, like, Miles yeah. Sanders, number one, I mean, how much was the discussion this week of do you even play him in the fantasy playoffs? What do you do? year. no a lot of game people of the benched year. him.
4: Yeah. Yeah, a lot
0: of people benched him. Jonathan Taylor. He has, like, more than 50 points in the last two weeks. David Montgomery, who I think he has more points in the last three weeks yeah. than he did in the previous nine weeks combined. You've got Cam Akers, who had 20-plus you know, points on, on Thursday Night Football. Kenyon Drake has gone from a dud in the first half of the year. He's he's, he's amazing again. The struggling running backs, if you stuck with them this week, really rewarded, you, other than Zeke, who sucks. But everyone else, God damn it. I thought was pretty clear, like, wow, like, uh, the perseverance paid off.
4: That's a very interesting point to me because if you were able to like sneak into the playoffs with these guys as sort of like your main running backs, like it completely changes the the complexion of the the playoffs. If these guys are all of a sudden just going to start going off every week, if Jonathan Taylor is going to go off every week, that makes like a six seed or however deep your playoffs go um, in your league like really dangerous down the stretch. So I think that's really fascinating.
3: It's kind of funny because we talk about anti-fragility and it's like all of these running backs ended up working out at the end of the year. <laughs> like a lot of them have, have have paid off. Can I add one note about Jalen Hurts that I like about him? No. Yeah. Okay. Dan, I'm only speaking to Danny Kelly I, um, I like that he's been benched in a major setting. Like the man has already hit his low point. Don't yeah. you think? Yeah, like, no, he's, he got Carson Wentz before Carson Wentz ever did. He's hardened. Like, he's already a grizzled vet, and he's a rookie in the NFL. I love that. I feel like mentally, he's so much further along than his, his now backup, Carson Wentz, who's going through probably what Jalen Hurts went through in college.
4: Did you see, like, his pressers and, and interviews and stuff, in the, both in the week preceding? I, I didn't catch his post-game presser. I just kind of saw some blurbs of it, but the dude is serious business you know what i mean like he's just like exactly what you're saying it's like he's been here this is not too big for him it doesn't feel like he's nervous at all i can't i mean i have to imagine that he's he was nervous as hell but he's you never could not shown tell. it for
0: one moment of his you
3: life you could not tell yeah yeah like you know like the child of a celebrity like they're just they're, they're comfortable with the cameras on like right they've already been there they understand what it's like to have, have flashing lights on what time. he's like riley curry <laughs> well we'll see what happens with riley you know? <laughs>
4: I'm excited about Hurts. I think I think he has a chance to be good in the league, which I hope is so. yeah, it was just really exciting. It's been
0: really good for him, obviously really good for the Eagles offense, terrible for the Giants unfortunately. But Eagles are winner. Craig, who's your winner for the week?
3: My winner for the week is it's not only for the week, it's almost like for the year and it just made me think about it because now that it's playoffs and you know games are really important in actually deciding things and money's on the line. The people who drafted boring players this year <laughs> Shouts out to them. They won because they're going to win your league most likely. Because you know how, you know, when we went to the draft, a a common phrase that we would throw out is like, you want the guy who hasn't had his best year already, right? You want the guy who's going to have his best year. Well, a lot of people who were drafted this year who were quote-unquote already had their best year are having better years this year. Like, I think we talked (laughs) about that with Derrick Henry. We talked about that with Dalvin Cook. I mean, Devontae Adams, you could have argued, has already had his best year. Tyree Kill, DeAndre Hopkins, Travis Kelsey. All of these guys, we were all like, eh, not as sexy as picks as like these other guys. We were all obsessed with Miles You're Sanders. you Drake, buying Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saquon's Upside, Joe Mixon with Burrow. Like, we were kind of in this, this fantasy land. And if you go and look at all those quote-unquote boring guys... This year, Derrick Henry through week f- I'm going to do uh, from week one to week fourteen last year and this year compared. Derrick Henry was the RB three last year, scoring eighteen points a game. This year, he's the RB three, scoring nineteen points a game, which is pretty. <laughs> cr- Derrick Henry's year last year was incredible, and he's beating it. Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook was doing twenty a game at this point last year as the RB two. He's doing twenty three this year as the RB one. Tyree Kill's been seven points better a game this year. DeAndre Hopkins a little worse, but right there. And Wait, Tyree Kelsey Kill's seven points better per game. Correct. He didn't have
0: that
4: many last touchdowns year. last year, and that was the problem. This year, he's it's scoring like crazy. Yeah,
3: and then if you go to Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey through Week fourteen last year was the tight end one with twelve point seven a game. This year, he's the tight end one with seventeen a game.
4: Speaking about Kelsey, I, I want to he he has been to me the biggest Glansberg of the whole fucking season because yeah. I don't think we've talked about him one time. But he might Hiding be in plain sight. He might legitimately be the MVP player of this season.
0: He leads the league in receiving yards. He would be the first tight end to ever do that. That is crazy! Wow, like Travis Kelsey leads the league in receiving yards, guys, and then Tyree Kill has fourteen touchdowns. I was listening like, to the Roto
4: World Pod this morning, and they were both uh, they were both talking about how. Like they didn't realize Kelsey was leading the league. It's like because you get so in the weeds with points per game and stat and, and things like that per game that you I and I'm guilty of this all all the time too. Like I lose track of like the big picture of like who's who who has the most receiving yards. I don't ever look at that really. <laughs> and so the fact that Kelsey is leading You're like the Charlie NFL Kelly
0: in like the trying to map out the mailroom. <laughs>
4: <laughs> the fact that Kelsey is leading the league in receiving yards number one is a shocking stat and number two is super impressive yeah
3: i think all the galaxy brain people are losing this year in fantasy like all the guys who walked in the day of (laughs) and were like oh who's good derrick henry's good travis kelsey's good those guys are winning
0: yeah you're (laughs) so right i remember honestly one of the most memorable quotes i remember on this podcast from one of you two the one that stuck with me is that craig was like one of our august episodes craig was like every year I don't draft Travis Kelsey. And every year by week two, I'm like, God damn, I wish I drafted Travis Kelsey. (laughs) And it's going to happen to me this year too. Even though I'm saying this, I'm not going to draft him. I wish I had. And this is like the ultimate I wish to draft Travis Kelsey year. And now we're all going to do it next year. and We're not going to know what to do again. But yeah, I just...
3: You're totally right. We're going to talk ourselves into him being a year older. Oh, he's 32. This might <laughs> be a drop exact, off here. It's going to
4: be the exact same shit. I guarantee you.
0: It's like, no, you know what Travis Kelsey's like? It's like Tesla stock where you're like, oh, well, that's <laughs> going to come down. And fall. Nope. Double, <laughs> triple, quadruple, screw it. Like, I guess I should have just got in. Oops. No, I, I like that. All right. Well, not everything's all fun and games, though. This is the fantasy playoffs. Let's be real. A lot of people went home in heartbreak. Including me,
4: I had some rough losses yesterday too. I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound like I'm only in bye weeks because I'm not. I'm not an asshole. Um, had some. Had <laughs> you some. You taxes too, not just capital too.
0: gains. Um, uh, okay, no. Who lost the week though for you guys? Like who's is the loser of the week? Yeah,
3: we're doing losers this week.
4: Yeah, we haven't really done this a lot, but we probably should because it's kind of fun. Well,
3: it's 2020. We were trying to be positive. <laughs> we that. were trying to wait till 2021 to get into losers, but we couldn't.
4: So I've got two. The first one I actually want to talk about is Josh Jacobs, who did you guys, were you guys paying attention early on Sunday morning between like, I guess it was like nine and 10 o'clock Pacific time. There was varying reports of whether he was even going to play because The reports on Saturday night were like, oh, Josh Jacobs is expected to suit up and play, blah, blah, blah. The Athletic reported that the Raiders were planning on having him play and be a big part of their offense. And then on IG, like three hours before the game, Josh Jacobs says, sorry, guys, I'm not playing. Ha, 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 like like the laughing emoji. And that just threw the fantasy world into like a maelstrom of like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? The CEH situation where he, he suited up and then didn't play a snap, was really fresh in the front of our minds and so I know I was texting with a couple of different people like should I play Josh Jacobs should I play Josh Jacobs I was like I don't fucking know like I don't know what the deal is this is weird as hell I ended up playing him and at the end of the day it actually was probably like it depends on who else you had but it probably wasn't even a good idea to play him he was the RB21 he wasn't that great 8.9 points I mean he's not gonna he didn't lose people probably many battles but he certainly didn't win anybody with that performance and I don't know. To me, I'm like, I don't know what his deal was with doing that. I think, I guess, like, the bottom line is, like, maybe he was trying to be funny or something. But to me, that was like, what is wrong with this guy's sense of humor? It's the first week of the playoffs. Like, this is important to a lot of people, and he makes that joke. It kind of just reminds me of, like, a groomsman who goes up and jokes about... How many girls the the groom has like had sex with in, in his like speech in front Is that of that a his, thing and thinks Have you been it's to like hilarious? Where that's
3: happened? <laughs> yeah, it's probably more of a movie trope than a real life trope. Hopefully, <laughs> that's not a thing.
4: I mean, it's not a thing like explicitly saying he's fucked all these girls, but it's like more like, oh, you know, he had a little time in the wild. He sowed his wild oats. It's like, don't fucking say that in your speech, you idiot. I'm surprised not somebody
3: finally nailed him down. Like, yeah, pretty crazy.
4: Yeah. Anyways, my point is, it's not funny. You're the only one who thinks this is
3: funny, Josh Jacobs. So that was annoying. Um. It's funny how much power these players hold and they wield with their fucking social media. like, they can just send all of these these nerds into just absolute tailspins by tweeting one thing. It changes the yeah. whole trajectory of a day. if They like <laughs> want to screw with everybody. Two
0: things. One, I like how Craig said these nerds instead of us nerds. No, Two, we're not nerds. Uh, Craig's the Instagram expert here. I'm curious what your initial reaction to this Josh Jacobs thing was. Cause I just think from his perspective, awful, but hit from his perspective, it was probably pretty funny. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs>
3: I, I I think I would hate fantasy football if I was in the NFL or the oh, NBA yeah. or whatever. For sure. So I would. I, I think this whole like th- this new world of communication where like you could tweet an emoji and it people write articles like like Bleach Report, The Ringer probably would come out with an article if LeBron James tweeted the pick uh, the emoji of a rocket. Like it would change the entire week, <laughs> probably. Yeah, it changes. Like, like people the in the Pierce content where he takes business takes a picture of the rocket on his phone right. and then tweets that. So I'm all for Josh Jacobs screwing with everybody. I think it's great. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I think that's
4: great. I want to make it clear, though, under no circumstances should you tweet or snap or whatever, any of the any of the social media things, at athletes about this kind of thing. I'm just, I'm advocating complaining about it in this forum, not to yeah, him directly. Yeah, you complain
0: in our safe space. <laughs> in our dark, yeah. dorky chat rooms. <laughs> yeah. Josh Jacobs upset me this week. You mean, you mean Twitter when you say dorky chat room? Because that's what Twitter is. All right, right.
4: So he was my first loser. I want to to add one more just because we got to talk about it. Deontay Johnson was benched for most of the first and second quarter. I don't know if you guys remember this. I tweeted about this like two weeks ago because Johnson was starting to drop a lot of passes. I talked (laughs) to you guys about this before where every game it's just he's sloppy. You know, he just makes like a few mistakes in every game. I'm like, man, this guy can either be like a wide receiver one or straight up benched. And – he got benched. It didn't last for the whole game. He came out and played in the second half. I think he actually played every second half snap, um, but ended up just four catches for 40 yards. Obviously, very disappointing. He had two drops early in the game, and and uh, Tomlin sat his ass down. So, does this change your view of how it's going to happen? What's going to happen next week? I, Craig, you're the you're the Steelers fan. What do we do here?
3: No, nah, I don't think it changes anything. I think I don't think so either. I think coaches don't know how to bench people properly. Yeah. All right, tell us expert motivator, Craig.
4: Craig's had this take before.
3: (laughs) I just, I I don't understand it. Like, I don't understand. I have a personal anecdote about my brother. This is a bit personal, but my brother playing high school basketball. He had a coach who was so kind of obsessed with efficiency and basically like if a player made a bad play, he'd yank him. If my brother shot a three and missed and it was an ill-advised three, he'd pull him.
4: That was my coach in high school too.
3: And whether these like high school coaches are just like, you know, power crazed because they want to be like John Calipari and they're not is maybe one thing. But like, I don't understand. So Deontay Johnson drops two passes. He's clearly devastated and they yank him. Everyone's staring at him. The cameras are on him. His hands are in his face <laughs> on the bench and he just sits for the whole half and gets cold. And then you're like, you know what? I don't know why, but we're just going to play in the second half. As if something changed in the 35 minutes you sat on the bench and let your muscles tighten up, now you'll come back and be better. I th- agree with what Chris Collinsworth said. He thought, he was like, I bet you Ben will throw right at him the next possession. And that's what I think they should have done. I don't agree with benching guys after fumbles. Maybe if they've done like three fumbles in a game. But I think you're mentally hindering these guys even more by taking them out and acknowledging what they're doing when you already know they can normally operate at such a high level.
0: No, I actually, I actually think it, it it was probably smart. And first of all, I'm not going to pretend to be in Mike Tomlin's head. But remember that be- entering this game, the, the context I think was key. Entering this game... The Steelers had two consecutive games with five drop passes. That is how many, before that, they had had two games with five drop passes in the previous 15 years combined. Holy so shit. they went 15 <laughs> years with two games of drop passes, of five drop passes, than they did in back-to-back weeks. So Mike Tomlin, after that second game, was like, either the receivers will catch the ball, or we will find people who will, and they'll be benched. So that the first play of this game after that happened, the first play, they come out with a screen for Deontay Johnson, presumably after practicing this whole week, and he drops the ball. And then on the next series, he drops the ball on third down again. And I think at that point, you have to make a statement because it's not just about Deontay Johnson. It's about the Steelers. It's like right, he just right. unfortunately he was being became made an example. Yes, of the whole team of like, get your shit together. Because I think Tomlin sees- But he didn't bench al- him after that first drop. He, he let him go the for a second the no, second drop, he benched him for the rest of the half. I think, no, right. I think that it does make sense at a certain point to send a message to
3: players, like, not in a necessarily a punishment way, but like, a, this isn't good enough. And it wasn't. I think it, inst- I think it instills fear. Eric Ebron has the drop sees a lot of times. He dropped a pass. They didn't yank him. I think it instills fear. And I think DeAndre Johnson- Welcome to the is-
0: NFL. Did you hear what John Gruden said on Hard Knocks this year, or last year? John Gruden and Hard Knocks was like, I don't I know you all got dreams about making the NFL. You know what? That's not good enough. You have to end someone else's dream. You have to be their nightmare. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. He tells them that every day. You have to end someone else's dream. That's horrifying. Yeah, but you know who I think doesn't speak like that? All the good
3: coaches. I don't think Kyle <laughs> Shanahan speaks like that. You think it's why they almost lost to the Jets?
0: I don't know, man.
4: Shanahan put De- uh, Dante Pettis in the in the doghouse, and that ended his career, basically. So <laughs>
3: I think Deontay Johnson is now worried <laughs> that he'll get point. benched every time he plays, and I think that's worse.
4: De- Here's Chris. the thing. I... I agree with both of you guys, and and this is maybe fence-sitting or whatever, but I do think it depends on the person. Some people, it, like, acts as a good motivator, and it's, like, whether it's, you know, I don't know where it comes from, whether it's, like, fuck this coach, I'm gonna show him what's up, or... Damn, he's right. I gotta like refocus, blah blah blah. Some people will like react that way, and other people's other people will be like, "Oh,
0: I suck. I should it's not It's case be by playing. case. It's what being a
3: good coach <laughs> is, is. You have to understand the psyche of your player and know exactly. how to like, mold it. So maybe he maybe Tomlin. Knows.
0: Sometimes they just need a 3-day bender in Las Vegas, and you send Michael Jordan to go get them.
3: <laughs> yeah. my
0: takeaway from the last right, day is I want a 10-part doc on Phil Jackson because whenever yeah. I think of this stuff now, I just think about Phil Jackson and like, you know what? Maybe Mike Tomlin should be assigning more books and stuff. I don't know.
4: <laughs> to circle to circle all the way around on this though, at the end of the game I actually feel more confident Deontay Johnson than I did at the beginning.
0: He's so good
4: because their their offense couldn't do shit when he was out like for i mean they had like a couple of drives i guess but like they like for their specific offense that they're running right now it's like a lot of short passes a lot of stuff over the middle a lot of stuff where you need someone to separate quickly and early in their routes like Deontay Johnson is the guy that's why he's getting all these targets so yeah, at the end of the day they, i was
3: like they they could have lost the game because they wanted to teach him a lesson i don't know
4: this is Craig i love this cuz you're you could you could the, the Steelers fandom is coming out just a little it is coming just out just a little but yeah, no, at the end of the day, I think you you keep starting Deontay is the point.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, well, Next the Steelers week. lost this week. And just speaking, my loser for the week, along with Deontay, is just all the, like a lot of blue chip wide receivers that people were counting on for the playoffs, the, like dance with who brung you. Not that you were ever going to bench these guys, but they didn't dance very well. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Chase Claypool, Robert Woods. All had their worst performance in somewhere between six and seven weeks. God damn just it! Just all of them, and then I that hate doesn't the even include playoffs. Terry McLaurin, <laughs> whose worst two games of the year, fantasy wise, are his past two games. Even though Washington yeah. played really well, and then that doesn't include Devontae Parker getting hurt in the middle of this game. It doesn't include Julio Jones missing this week or Brandon Cooks missing this week. Just a lot of guys that just I don't want to be like failed you because you know they don't you know they don't need to do anything for you, but a lot of people were counting on them and just didn't show you up. You should so talk sucks. to them
4: on, on IG about it, too. <laughs>
0: um,
3: DM them. DM all of them.
4: This make, this makes me think of something that we should talk about during the offseason. We could table it for now, but um, alternative methods for, for the fantasy playoffs that, that help mitigate the variability of this like it, i think it's tough to have a full season where you kick ass and your team is awesome and then you lose because like a th- few of your guys just have a bad game we have, I I have a couple leagues i have a couple leagues where we do a royal rumble over the final two <laughs> weeks like you you have a one-on-one what? matchup the first week and then you do a royal rumble for the final two weeks and the person with the most points after the royal rumble wins the league Wait, and i think that's royal
0: awesome. rumble that actually sounds amazing. I was going to shit on you. It's and either four or idea. six
4: teams in the Royal Rumble, and whoever has the most points at the end of two weeks wins.
0: I was actually going to make fun of you, but I love this idea.
4: So, anyways, we could talk. We'll, we'll table that for
0: later, but that's just an idea for next season. Craig, any other losers? Any anyone yeah, else want to call out? One, I mean,
3: you kind of touched on it. The rookie wide receivers really flamed out and, and bit you in the ass this week. I mean, a lot of the rookie running backs are coming on, and it, this year is basically flipping. It's like it's like seesawing now. The last week, and I'm apologize if you had these guys because you're probably uh, not playing next week. Justin Jefferson was the wide receiver 39, Jalen Rager 43rd, Ceedee Lamb 45th, Higgins 49th, Pittman 62nd, Judy 65th, and Clayton, 80th. God, and Ayuk was the Painful. only guy who was all right. Yeah, because Debo got hurt for the nine hundredth time. But man, it's it's kind of seesawed. It's it's completely reversed from the rookie running backs at the start of the year weren't working out. Oh the yeah, it has. and now it's kind of going back to what we always thought would happen. Does that mean that
0: I can belatedly be right about one of the key arguments that DK and I had about rookie receivers, and I already admitted defeat and abandoned the hill about rookie receivers? Does that mean I can retake the hill? No,
3: I don't know. Sam- uh, th- not. Th- the year sample size still leans receiver, but fair. <laughs> okay, let's get to the burn book. Yes. Yes.
4: The burn book,
0: it it was on one. This is an epic burn book week. (laughs) Burn book's the real winner of the week.
3: We had an amazing tweet from somebody, Fitz, Do you want to read it?
0: Yeah, so we got a tweet from JD who said, if you played a lineup consisting of burn book and or potential burn book people this week in half point PPR, so that would be Kyler, Jonathan Taylor, Miles Sanders, T.Y. Hilton, Scotty Miller, A.J. Green, and Jack Doyle, (laughs) you'd have 137 points with a flex of either Bakersfield Brown or Jarvis Landry, and a defense still to go. That's
4: pretty damn good. Sweep <laughs> the right people
0: there. that we have decided to burn <laughs> are basically the perfect playoff lineup. I don't know what that says about us.
4: That's why we need the
0: fucking
3: Royal Rumble. That's this is a perfect example of why the playoffs fucking suck. Out of all of those, <laughs> who do you think is the most painful? I think it's Scotty oh Miller.
4: Uh, I was going to say, Scotty Miller, who has, I think, had like four points in the last six weeks or something total.
0: No, I think it's T.Y. Hilton. I think it's T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton, Hilton having two touchdowns. Yeah, T.Y. Hilton cool. was probably no less than a seventh round pick for whoever took him. And like half of the people who took him cut him.
3: Can we have a segment called Vaccine Watch where it's all the old guys <laughs> who are like playing a little extra good at the end of the season? I think T.Y. they have gotten him. <laughs>
4: pumping the vaccine (laughs) do i hope got the vaccine why did he all of a sudden have a really strong connection with phil rivers like after having just something terrible all year long i
3: don't
0: know maybe he started taking will fuller's maybe starting got on will fuller's uh maybe rivers
3: adopted him round it out make a clean 10
4: i think he already has 10 (laughs) oh
3: does he have 10 (laughs) i don't don't make it i I King's
0: column this week and it's really good but there was a point where he was like 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 you can't take <laughs> it's like you can't take pills to get better. There's no strength pills. And in my head, I was like, well. There literally are. Some people are on strength pills.
4: <laughs> the worst one I think is Sanders. Because we literally just put him in there last week. And then he has this huge game. And he's like, what was he there? why are the running back two?
0: To be clear, it was the Miles Sanders game was a little deceptive because it was largely powered by one massive run that was mm. very impressive. But to be clear, he had 14 carries, 115 yards, two touchdowns. But one of those was an 82-yard score. So it took his day from like, all right, that was a really good day, to oh my god, he's the second highest scoring running back of the week.
3: True, true. Yeah, he would have been like 13 for 40. So next
4: week, next week we'll see. Let's let's do this after next week. Let's plug this exact same lineup in again next week and see how it does. Should it, be our should, should it be our should it be our best lineup? lineup, dude? We, we should absolutely do bill? that.
0: <laughs> if we put the burn book into FanDuel, we'd be millionaires.
3: Let's see how badly we get burned by this again. I, this no, that is the was definition. the week,
0: though. That was the week <laughs> for the burn book. How have we not been doing this the whole time?
3: We should do next year. We should do a four-team fantasy league, and the fourth team is just our burn book lineup every week. <laughs> That That's actually really good. Oh my Damn god. Damn it. I'm so mad at we we the burn head?
0: book in DFS. That's anyway. Well,
3: we gotta talk about Tyler Lockett, right? I mean, hell. Oh, the, yeah. It didn't really work out again. Since his explosion, he's had five, six, nine, seventeen, three, nine, seven. I mean, he's killing people.
0: Everyone else scored on the Seahawks. All these rando Seahawks scored except Tyler Lockett. It was unbelievable.
4: Yeah. Freddie Swain, a rookie six sure. rounder, scored a touchdown. David Moore, I believe, scored a touchdown. And then and then all the starters went out like early in the third quarter. <laughs> just just infuriated. thanks for that, guys. I mean, it it was nice for me as a Seahawks fan to finally get a game where I don't have to like stress out at the very end and get an adrenaline headache. But but yeah, it was tougher for the fa- uh, fantasy world for Lockett because man. And so is he going in there now? Or are you putting him in?
0: Well, before we get to that, I just want to say the theme of this podcast so far is clearly like DK. Like, it was good for me personally, but for everyone else, it must have been terrible. That seems to be the theme. (laughs) But Tyler Lockett, I mean, it's really tough to play him because their schedule's brutal right now. I mean... Mm.
4: Washington next week, that's tough.
0: Washington, as a Giants fan, who will now have to go against Washington as a division for the foreseeable future, I'm terrified of this team. This defense is unbelievable. It is easily one of the best three defenses in the NFL. That feels like hedging because realistically, I want to call them the best defense. Chase Young is exactly as good as everyone said he would be already. I I really want to put money on him to win Defensive Player of the Year next year already. Montez Sweat might be the the best co-pilot defensive end in the NFL already. They're two defensive tackles are first round Alabama guys they're afterthoughts on this team this is an unbelievable defense i'd be terrified of of, of playing lockett against this team and then it's the rams next week so i don't know about lockett dude it's really if he couldn't we said last week if he couldn't run up the score on the jets it's concerning and he couldn't so i don't know so naturally we'll yeah. we'll tell people to bench him and he'll go off
4: i mean i'm facing this i'm facing this in a real in a real life situation like i'm i'm probably going to bench lockett this week that's where we yeah. are
0: I think you have to. He didn't break he 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 hasn't brung you for the past month or so. Okay. Let's go to waiver wires of the week. Obviously really important for fantasy if you're still in there. Or maybe just as importantly if you're trying to avoid coming in last place. Whatever you're doing.
4: <laughs> That's always good. Waivers
0: really big. So injuries, there were Alex Smith had a he kind of had, like, a right leg issue. They were wrapping it. You know, obviously that's worth watching. Matthew Half Stafford, issue, I think, yeah, he left this game with a ribs issue. Brandon Allen for the Bengals had a leg issue. Devontae Parker, the Dolphins were just battered. They, I mean, they came Bang into yeah. this game with Miles Gaskett got landed on the COVID list on Saturday. And mm. then Devontae Parker left with a leg injury. Jakeem Grant, Mike Kosicki had, like, a shoulder neck thing. Debo Samuel got hurt for the Niners. Mike Williams got hurt for the Chargers. And then Noah Fant left with an illness?
2: Is that would happen.
4: Like right before the game, he left. He he got uh, it was last minute thing. Bizarre. So that was ev- so anyway. That was like a almost like a CEH situation. Absolutely nuts.
0: Okay. So with that said, let's get to waivers for the week. DK, streams and stash. Let's start the quarterbacks because we talked about Jalen Hurts already. He's like a must add, right? Even if you're in a one quarterback league.
4: Yes, I think, you know, I would play him in a, a one-quarterback league. It obviously depends on who you got, and maybe later this week we can discuss like a the name game or whatever with him, but his rushing floor is outstanding, and he's he ran even more than I thought he would. I thought he was going to scramble a lot this last week, but 18 carries for 100 and whatever it was, six yards, that makes him a starter in my mind, and if he could add anything in the air, that's just a bonus. Going up against Arizona this week, so yeah, I think he's definitely worth streaming, um, you know, if you're looking for a streamer, the other guy that's kind of on my radar right now, and they just named him the starter for this week is Gardner Minshew, the Jaguars. He's, he's an interesting one because the Jags are obviously not a good team and they've got a lot of problems, but he was, he was a QB one QB 12 overall from weeks one to seven when he was a starter. So if you have issues at quarterback or if you're not feeling real confident in your quarterback, I think you could do worse. He's probably going to get a lot of garbage time and, I believe they're – are they playing the Ravens this week?
0: Yeah, they're playing the Ravens. We're recording this on Monday, so we don't know how the Ravens have fared on Monday Night Football. I don't know about Gardner Minshew if I stream him in my playoffs.
4: It's tough. I mean, it's a – Jalen Hurts, Let me put sure. it this way. it's He's worth streaming if you're in a two-quarterback league. He's worth picking up and, and grabbing if you have – I mean, I'd, I think I would start Minshew over guys like – uh, like Matt Ryan if Julio can't go or like, uh you know, obviously if Stafford gets hurt and you have Stafford, or if Stafford can't play this week and you had Stafford, here's an option for you. Um I would play him over probably Matt Ryan. Um, I would think about playing him over Cam. I would think about playing him over, um, I'm trying to think of who I was going to say. Derek Carr? No, because Carr's been going off lately. But anyways, the, the point is like, I don't think he's out of the picture at this point. He, he did pretty well when he was a starter earlier in the season. And, I mean, he came in in the third quarter, like the mid-third quarter, and he scored 13 fantasy points, which was better than a handful of guys who played the entire freaking game. Yeah, but
0: the, the Titans were just up so much in that game that I feel like it was a little – I, mean, I guess think, that's think it's going to be a different game script against the Ravens?
4: That's, I think that's, that's a good. that's point. how it will uh, be. That's um, kind of a good point. Anyway, so yeah.
3: I've never seen a more blatant tank – than what the Jaguars are doing. <laughs> Gardner Minshew was healthy? Yeah. Why did they start Mike Glennon if Gardner Minshew was healthy? I, well, I think it's
4: obvious
0: they want to get the, f- the second pick. I know, but like... No,
3: <laughs> I don't know. no, no.
0: I want to dispel this right. I don't think I don't think coaches... You're saying that you think that Doug Marone is in on this tank? For,
3: like, do yeah. you actually believe that? Or uh, the, the GM? I, the, the, there was some higher power know. that was saying start Mike Glennon. Why wouldn't Gardner Minshew start this game? I don't know.
0: Give me one reason. I mean, it wasn't the thumb on his throwing shoulder, uh, thumb his throwing hand an issue. And here's the thing. Gardner they were Vinci saying was like, that he wasn't I'm healthy. back yet.
4: Yeah, yeah.
0: He's saying, I'm healthy. I'm fine. I can throw the ball. And Marone was like, let's see. Gardner Vinch is the same dude who, to get an injury waiver at Washington, or Washington State, One of his years, he took a hammer to his hand and tried to break the bones in his non-throwing hand (laughs) so that he could get a medical raver. So I'm not necessarily going to just trust him when he's like, yeah, my thumb is fine. I can play. He will
3: do anything to play football, including lie about his thumb. Literally, he said, I'll do that before. This sounds like when the Warriors were trying to get an early pick back when they st- just had Clay, and they were like, oh. I mean, w- when they wanted Clay, and they just had Steph, and they were like, oh, Steph's ankles. We're going to sit him for a month. His ankles aren't great, even though they were like kind of fine. And <laughs> A lot of guys had t- hamstring issues, cramps. I don't this know. This is a
0: really important point, though, to note, is basketball's not football, and that in basketball, coaches can be part of the tank. In football, they cannot. There has to be a firewall in that front office's tank sometimes. Coaches can't tank, at least in my – like, it's not like in a – it's just not doable because you're asking people to put themselves at physical risk. And what it requires to play football is if you remove the meeting from a football game, everyone short circuits like you can't do it.
3: There's no physical risk in starting Mike Glennon over Gardner Minshew. What are you talking no, about?
0: I, I, I really, I really, maybe I'm naive. I really don't believe coaches are part of this.
3: Anyway, let's get to running backs for
0: the week. Running back stashes, streamers, <laughs> etc. What are you laughing at, DK.
4: I don't even know. I, I was just la- laughing at you guys just arguing, like, bickering. <laughs> like
0: an exactly. old married couple? Just, you yeah, a young married exactly. couple?
3: <laughs> I was just a to wake up. Open, those, open that third eye. The Jags are tanking. <laughs> Dude, I did a Westworld podcast.
0: Don't tell me about my third eye. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, running backs for the week to stream. Actually important conversation.
4: Let's get into this. So this is actually a running back slash wide receiver. But um, if you listen to my take last week to grab Lynn Bowden off waivers and stash him, Congratulations. He's now the number one receiver in Miami, I guess, Um, with Devontae Parker, Kosicki, Jakeem Grant. Obviously, uh, Preston Williams is already on the IR. All those guys are up in the air this next week which could mean Lynn Bowden is literally the number one pass-catching target in this offense going forward. He had nine targets, seven catches, 82 yards. He also had a rush, and then I believe he also had a pass attempt. So they're using him in a multitude of ways, kind of like their X-factor weapon-type guy. Um, Right now, he still has receiver and running back designations, I believe, on both Yahoo and ESPN. And he played by far the most snaps of any Miami receivers this last week, 59. So he's kind of come on strong and filled in for these injuries and i mean obviously he's more of a flex option because i think the floor is still really low with him we don't know exactly how they're going to use him but in terms of if you want to if you want to go for the gusto i like this guy a lot he i think he had one pass attempt plus they only, they tried to have him throw again but he he pulled it back and ran with it instead so
0: like they're trying to get him involved in other ways i mean what is waiver wire pickups even about if it's not going for gusto
4: yeah so if you need if you need like a guy who could potentially score a bunch this week to like break the, you know if you're going up against a, a much better team might be worth
0: a shot. What do you do about DeAndre Washington? So obviously so Miles Gaskin yeah, ended up on the COVID yeah. list. Matt Breda was already there, and then Salvador Ahmed was he's out with a shoulder injury. We don't know if any of well Gaskin will not be available next week, and then we don't know the the status of Ahmed abrita for next week's game. But DeAndre Washington, who was actually. Traded from the Chiefs midseason or to the uh, from the Chiefs to the Dolphins midseason, he played he he and Patrick Laird kind of split reps. Are you interested in either DeAndre Washington or Patrick Laird, or are they just kind of like extremely meh?
4: I mean, I, if you're desperate for running back, it's it's worth trying. He did get 13 carries and get four targets, so like on the on its head, that's pretty good volume. But at the same time. I think the draw and the value in the Dolphins' running backs group earlier in the season, whether it was Gaskin or Ahmed for a while, when Gaskin got hurt, was that they they were giving these guys like pretty big workloads, you know, and they the kind of split it up. Yeah, they split it up a little bit, so that kind of like dilutes the value in my mind. So um, he's he's I'd say he's worth he's worth an ad, but I wouldn't feel confident starting him going forward. Um, that that's just I don't know. It it just feels to me like it's a little too diluted at this point. It's like the
0: fifth string guy for this team at this point. Yeah, and the Dolphins play the Patriots this week, so it's not a great matchup. But if you need double digit carries, and you're you know you could do worse. Okay,
4: next up, Jeff Wilson Jr. the 49ers, who's basically Hell splitting yeah. reps pretty evenly with uh, Raheem Moster right now. Their run game hasn't been great. He had 11 carries, 31 yards, and a touchdown. He added uh, one catch on three targets. He played 48% of the snaps, so basically again it's like almost 50-50 with him and Mostert. And he looks pretty good. I think Mostert's still coming back from his injury. He hasn't looked really 100% in my mind. I think that's why they're not riding him like, you know, with a full workload. And so Wilson is good, and especially this week going up against Dallas, whose defense has not been good, you know, he could get some red zone looks, he could get some goal line looks, I think he's definitely a a very interesting waiver wire ad this week.
0: I love Jeff Wilson, I love him as a flyer, I think he's a good example of someone where if you're in a sharp league, where like a lot of the, a lot of these guys we talk about every week are not necessarily available if you're in a 12 or 14 team league, I think Jeff Wilson is an awesome like plug and play option, because... Again, he he's played almost fifty, almost half of the snaps for the Niners this week. He and the Niners just have the kind of offense where you can always break one. He had, I mean, he had this game despite having a fumble. Unfortunately, Chase Young stripped him, and then he also dropped the catch at the end. So the caveat is like, hopefully that you know Shanahan doesn't pull what Craig was talking about earlier with the annoying benchings. But Wilson seems to have Shanahan's trust. He was playing at the end of the game when they really needed him, and he's going on and off with M- most or I can never get it right. Moster, moster, most or most sorry, broken my brain. Most, the mostest. But, I think Jeff Wilson is the most random guy who really has a chance to break a 40-yard touchdown every week, and you don't sacrifice the pass catching or the volume to get it. It's just a great mix, and the Niners scheme can always crack one open. I think that they could—I mean, the Niners are the kind of team who could just crack the Cowboys for 200 yards rushing. So I love betting on that kind of of talent off uh, waivers. Okay, so among those running backs, who would you rather have, Lynn Bowden or Jeff Wilson?
4: I think I would probably rank it Wilson and then Bowden and then— Washington third. I just think we don't know yet. We don't have enough information about Bowden. I think Wilson's just done it more. It is kind of like the tiebreaker for me. What do you guys think?
0: If the Dolphins yeah. really are just down like their top five skill guys, I see Bowden over. I mean, we'll see what happens to Gissicky. We'll see what happens. There's a certain point where he's yeah. the only guy, and that volume is interesting. But I'm I, trying I, not I like to be, Wil-
4: I'm trying not to be let my my pre-draft bias sink in here because Bowden was legitimately, like, my favorite player from the draft.
0: (laughs) Oh, you're holding out
4: on us. He, like, not... He wasn't who I thought was the best player. He was just my favorite player to watch because he was so much fun, explosive. They used him as a Wildcat quarterback, slot receiver, everything. Um, I just think he's really good. And then I was very disappointed when the Raiders released him because I thought that was indicated... Like, that indicated that he just, like wasn't going to make in the NFL. So I'm very excited that he's playing now with the Dolphins and seems to have a pretty big role, even if it is because of injuries. So I'm trying to temper my enthusiasm slightly, but I am very excited about
2: him going forward. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped For any adventure with features like available H-track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com.
0: Okay, let's get to receivers for this week. I just want to shout out Kiki Kuti, who is somehow less like rostered on less than half of ESPN and Yahoo leagues. I mean, I think that he just needs to be added at this point.
3: What's funny is like I, I played him last week. I mean, he was fine. He had like a touchdown, but he had a fumble. He had 20 yards total. And the mm-hmm. little Yahoo blurb by Red was like, the Texans had such a bad day. It might actually help Kuti to have more Texans skill players on the team just because then they'll move the ball down the field. Like, maybe it'll be nice if Cooks is back just to so, like they're a functioning <laughs> yeah. offense. They're not just focusing in on him.
0: Obviously, this was an implosion. They lost, what, 36-7 to to the Bears? Some awful yeah. was a
4: collapse. I guess the Kuti thing reminds me a little bit about the Bowden thing, just because we were all excited about Kuti and because, like, basically there was no one else in this offense, Texans, and he was going to go off, and then he didn't really go off. And maybe that was because just, like, their overall offense just wasn't as good or wasn't as effective. There's no I think one you else say, in the offense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could say the same thing about Chad Hanson, who actually outproduced Kuti in terms of yards. He had seven catches, 56 yards. Um, he's been a little bit more... I guess uh dependable reliable to get targets and to be, to make plays down the field. Um I don't know. I think both Shut of these guys Hansen, are solid man. like Jesus. like wide receiver three flex options that you could plug in there and hope for a big day because they're the number one guys in this offense. Um but also don't get your expectations too high because there's there's definitely a floor with these guys too that's pretty scary. So, I would say that. I I I started him in a league last week and he didn't kill me, but of course he didn't the Kuti I'm talking about. He didn't kill me, but he also didn't really help, you know, so it's one of those things where you have to temper your expectations a little. I would say the exact same thing about Keelan Cole, actually, while while we're on the subject.
3: Playing uh I think they're playing Indianapolis next week.
4: Houston. Yeah, because D.Y. Yeah, Hilton kills the Texans.
3: Yeah, they're playing Indy again, and Kuti just had a huge game against them two weeks ago. Yeah, but, but the Cobbits
0: didn't didn't they not have to force Buckner in that game, who's like their best defensive player. Yeah, he was on the COVID list. I think that that game could go. Also, if you just want gambling advice, I think that the fact that the Texans were close in that game, I think that that game will not be close this time. Anyways. This
4: entire waiver wire list with waivers is all guys that I'm not feeling very confident about. So we got Keelan Cole for the Jags, who out of nowhere had 12 catches, seven, or sorry, 12 targets, seven catches, 67 yards, and a touchdown. He definitely has rapport with Minshew, which I think is a factor that you have to kind of keep in mind here. He had 27 yards on four catches when Glennon went out in the mid-third quarter. So obviously got a lot of his uh, production with Minshew in there. Way better Um, rapport with Minshew. So that's the only – that's, I guess, like the main argument for for Cole. Another guy who I don't have a ton of confidence in but has been getting the volume is Nelson Aguilar with the Raiders. Um, He's inconsistent, but another nine targets, five catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown on Sunday the week before – Eleven targets week before that, six targets week before that, nine targets. So he's he's averaging almost nine targets a game in the last month. Um, it's hard to ignore that, but at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever if he just had a zero. You know what I mean? It's just that's the type of that's the type of player we're talking about right now.
0: I like Lynn Bowden better than a lot of these options. To yeah, honest. that's I think Lynn I Bowden has running back and receiver eligibility. <laughs> I think I'd rather have him than Keelan Cole, Agalor. You know, obviously we'll see how many of these Dolphins play, but I don't know. I kind of like Bowden. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Yeah, he's
3: probably just the overall top out of the week other than Jalen Hurts.
0: I think to revisit that earlier conversation, I think that Bowdoin probably rises over Wilson for the positional flexibility. Mm. I think that, I mean, obviously it depends on your roster, but the fact that you have both options is pretty sweet, especially in like this COVID year. You know, the fact, there's only two weeks left, but it's just, that's a really nice little bonus. Okay, tight ends, you know, obviously, you know, usually a wasteland, we're not going to give it a wasteland this year. Good, kind of a decent week, like, (laughs) <laughs> er Smith was he wasn't out. Was he the third high scoring tight end of the week? He had a great game and he had the, mm-hmm. the fun touchdown celebration. And then you were right about Cole Komet, DK.
4: Yeah, he's actually had I think it's Mike Clay. He's Mike Clay said this on Twitter. He's had a twenty percent target rate in both of the last two games for the Bears. That's um, astonishing. He had seven targets, four catches, forty one yards last week. You know, we're talking about six points for for tight end which isn't not going to it's not something to write home about at the same time it's better than a goose egg. Well um, no one writes
0: home anyway.
4: <laughs> we need to retire that phrase.
0: It's fine. <laughs> uh People text. but I mean
4: if you add in a touchdown which he almost had. I think he had like a tar- I'm I'm going off memory here after watching 10 straight hours of, you know, red zone or whatever, but I believe he had an opportunity in the red zone and just didn't it came up a little bit short. Um and then, if if you look at the week before, he had five catches, thirty-seven yards, and a touchdown. So that's kind of what you're hoping for 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 commit. Anybody else?
3: I just I want to sprinkle in. There's a, he's most likely on somebody's team, seventy-five percent. George Kittle, just check. One just in four leagues, he's out there. There's just the smallest chance that he plays like week sixteen and is great. I added him in a league just to have him.
4: In this scenario, I guess if he's going to come out and play, and and they're going to activate him and all that, like they would probably
3: play him a lot. I don't know what the 49ers And knowing were. him, I mean, he's a psycho. Like, he right. would probably have 12 catches.
0: I think – so Shanahan said he's holding out hope, right? I think that realistically they needed to win that game against Washington because I don't think they're bringing Kittle back unless they make the playoffs. And I think their playoff odds took a huge hit yesterday, so that's probably worse for his odds. But still, if you have an empty IR spot and you're not – yeah. You know, exactly
3: like it doesn't take up space
0: well to be clear the reason why not to do it would be if you're one of those people causing a headache for your managers because the ir spots are only for the COVID people and you put a kill there and it causes a whole war in your group chat but if that's (laughs) not the case and you got the ir spot george kittles a fun one maybe the funnest Okay, so add Lynn Bowden seems to be the main theme of this podcast. <laughs>
4: this is a this is a Lynn Bowden podcast right here.
3: Yeah, what was that one week where the waiver wire was just a desolate wasteland? It seems pretty close to that this week. Yeah. Jalen Hurts. So you're saying Lynn you should
0: dance with who brung you. That seems to be the theme here. Yeah. Okay.
3: All right. B- before we go, I wanna I have one. This is not a fantasy court, but this is a just a specific question to me. And and it does touch on a larger theme of fantasy football that we haven't really talked about.
0: Well to be clear there's two there's a fantasy court which is the the proper channel this is more like a fantasy arbitration this is sure. kind of like we're private mediating yeah just to be clear yeah. it's important <laughs> judicially to distinct public and private practice
3: Okay so in in the playoffs in one league of mine I am up by 0.64 mm. and the game is is essentially over he has no more players and I have one more and I'm already up 0.64 I have Mark Andrews tonight Should I bench him just in case his first catch of the game is a five yard out and he gets drilled, he fumbles it and he gets hurt and he never plays again the rest of the game and he has like negative one points? Or do I bench him and risk a stat correction of like some receiver has seven extra yards and then I lose because I didn't start Mark Andrews who put up 10? What's more likely to happen? He gets negative points or a stat correction?
0: Well, I have, well, here's the the key question in my mind. Okay. Is it full PPR or half PPR? It's half. Because Okay, interesting. Because here's the thing. The most likely stat correction is a screen being turned into a point, like a catch becoming a, a technically a handoff or vice versa. Oh, a run. And oh. so that would be, that's like the most likely, but that would be a half point flipping either way. So then you're probably safe, but I see where you're coming from. But there's also defense stuff, so like a sack could be turned into stuff. So you could just watch all the plays from all your players yesterday. That That's one way to be safe.
3: You mean all his players and mine?
0: Yeah, you just grind the tape like DK does. <laughs> Don't live in fear. Oh, DK with the 12, the top ropes. Is
4: just that, start him. Yeah, just play him. Run the score up.
3: Yeah, I You I think agree. I should start him? Leave no doubt. Don't you think a stat correction is less likely? I don't know. Then, then him, he could easily just get, fumble have the first. Play I agree with you. You can't live in fear because the flip
0: side is like, as long as he gets one catch and that doesn't happen, you're fine.
3: But like, what's the why? Why not just bench him?
4: <laughs> I don't know. Here's the deal. I was just I I looked up stat
3: because you're scared. Box. I just
4: I just searched this. I found a, a Field Yates tweet from uh, 2018 in December 20th. So basically, probably <laughs> like the same week. And he said, potential major fantasy implications on a stat correction. The NFL ruled that Ezekiel Elliott did not lose a fumble in Week 15. He got two points back, meaning that probably swung a lot of games. And then someone asked him, blah, 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 like if it was an ESPN thing. He said, stat correction – this is field. Stat corrections are handled by the NFL and distributed to all platforms on Wednesday into Thursday. So you're not going to know for like – Till Wednesday night into Thursday morning, whether you won if you did this. If you if you, you just played and, and
0: also here's why you have to play him. The worst case is exactly what you described happens. He catches a pass, gets drilled, fumbles, you lose. And in that case, this is that's great content for the podcast. Like that is just
3: <laughs> absolutely excellent <laughs> stuff. And everyone would want to hear about it. Yeah. This is what's wrong with twenty twenty. Every personal experience is content.
0: <laughs> in the words of the immortal wise Yoda, Darren Rovell. Oh, God. This is terrible for the country. <laughs> this is terrible for the country, but it's great content. <laughs> no oh wiser God. words have been spoken. Oh, God All right. damn it. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Darren Revel. Thank you, Lorne. Lorne. Thank, thank you, everyone, for listening. Taylor Swift, thank you.
3: Oh, Swift. Big day for us. <laughs> See, Swift.
0: Also, don't forget to email us for the mailbag on Wednesday's episode, ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com, send us your playoff questions, and don't forget those best man speeches that are really embarrassing. Nightmare best man speeches. That's the stories we want to hear. See you on Wednesday. All right, I'll fucking start, i swear to God. <laughs> Wait, keep put that in at the end. Put that at the end over the music. Oh my God.